succeed on the Philadelphia Eagles. So my takeaway on Jalen Hurts is I don't think he's a franchise quarterback. I still believe Carson Wentz is better than Jalen Hurts. Can he be an elite signal caller? I don't know. I would have question marks with that. The Eagles should consider benching Jalen Hurts. I'll never say he's going to make a Pro Bowl because I doubt he will. Give your three first-round picks to Seattle. Go get Russell Wilson and go compete for championships. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to ruin Jalen Hurts. He just can't throw the football well enough to be a long-term solution. It's a perfectly thrown ball by Jalen Hurts. These balls are on time, perfect rhythm, and they hit their guy in stride. Hurts has the time, and he delivers perfectly thrown to A.J. Brown. Coach, I always say hungry dogs run fast. I ain't hungry. I'm starving for these. So when you watch Jalen Hurts, it's not pretty. Struggles on the deep ball. Hurts wants it all with Brown. A.J. Brown! I don't think Jalen Hurts could be your future in Philadelphia. I'd rather have Daniel Jones. You know you're not going nowhere with Jalen. That's when you find out the, the, the character of a man and, and in tough times. Can he take us to the championship? I don't believe he can. The Philadelphia Eagles are going back to the Super Bowl. Attention, air traffic control. A flock of Eagles is heading to Arizona. Give me everything you got. Say that I'm smiling until the job is finished. I've always been on a mission. Vet Alumni Podcast. I'm Tech. He's Prem. They said Jalen Hurts was just a running quarterback. They said he couldn't throw. They said he wasn't accurate. They said he didn't have the arm strength. They said he wasn't a franchise quarterback. And well... They were wrong, Prem. He's a leader in every sense of the word, and we've been saying it really since around when he was drafted. We knew that it was going to be some time to develop. Yeah. We knew that the key this year was, can the game slow down for him? Can he go through his progressions in a proper manner before trying to break the pocket and scramble and break a play down for no reason? And the question is, yes. Does he know how to protect the ball? Yes. Did he do it better than Patrick Mahomes this year? Yes. Yes. Period. And if the Eagles go out and do what they're supposed to do in this game, uh, you know, whatever it is, 10, 11, 12 days from now. Less than two weeks away. The bottom line is they're a more superior team on paper. So if you come out and you do what you're supposed to do, you will win the game. Jalen Hurts is going to show why all these guys we heard in that clip should basically be eating their words. Um, Yes. They kind of already are anyway. They kind of already are anyway. Yeah. you know, we have a team littered with SEC players, uh, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts, Landon Dickerson. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith going against Pac-10 rookies, basically, from Washington and Washington State. Yeah. I think that they're going to absolutely eat, and it's going to be the type of game where if Jalen just is patient enough with the nerves of the Super Bowl, patient enough to do what he does, then this offense is going to score 30-plus. 30-plus? Against this defense? Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> I could see that. They, I mean, look. Because they could run the ball, too, and the Chiefs are the bottom third of the league, 28th in the league, stopping the inside runs. Fact, actually, this playoffs, five point yards per carry allowed on the inside runs is worse than football. And what we yeah. know what we do best? Take a guess. <laughs> we, inside just runs. that. <laughs> inside runs, specifically. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of funny because when you, here's the thing, when you have to prepare as a defense for a quarterback that can run that tri- triple option, basically, where he's either handing it off, throwing it real quick, or running it, and you have to have that end pinch down, when that same team is hitting you right up the gut, what do you do? Right. That's why the Eagles have been successful, wire to wire, best team in the NFL, and that's going to hold true when they hoist their second Lombardi trophy in five seasons, Tech, and it's coming. All right. Hey, listen, I actually do see the Eagles winning this Super Bowl here. I, it's going to be tight I, at the I, end, but I, they're going to pull away. I see them pulling away. I see this being a close game. I see this being the kind of game I thought the 49ers game was going to be, Maybe. to be honest. It could also be a lot worse than uh, we expect, and it could be another game where Tech, dare I say, for the third week in a row, 
could be over at the half. It's amazing. Isn't this wild that it's po- the Eagles it's not far-fetched? The playoffs. I've never seen anything like this. This Eagles and we've playoffs, said it each week. We've outscored, said it each week. They've outscored their opponents sixty-nine to fourteen. We've said it each week. This game could be over at the half. And guess yeah. what? Each week the game was over at the half. Over at the half. I know half. it's the Chiefs. I get it. But I think People Tech are getting too caught up on the nostalgia of what Patrick Mahomes was when he was hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. Yes. Not the reality of what he is without Tyreek Hill. They cannot stretch the field. So when that well, pocket breaks down, he's still listen. I get it, but. With Hardman, and Hardman's out, by the way, but but with these guys, right. the Tony and, 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 and yeah, with these guys, Juju. he's the top MVP candidate along with Jalen Hurts. I right. mean, that's that's the crazy thing about this game is, and by the way, with the best pass defense and the best uh, pass defense duo yes. in, in the, the league, though. By the way, before, I mean, you haven't for, seen this yet. Before we get further about, about the firsts, because there's a bunch of them. Um, the Bengals really got jobbed in a way that I've never seen and made me say, you know, in a different way than I've said before. I've We've all said it, it. This is rigged. This was rigged. Which play are you referring to? I'm referring to the do-over. I've never seen that before it was odd, in right? NFL history. Well, it's, but in, in, it's in, the, no, you have. It's in, called offsetting. They didn't use the right language. But I've never seen the play commence, and they're setting up the, the punt units coming out, and then all of a sudden the refs go, hold on a minute, we've got to redo that play. I never saw that yeah, before. Yeah, I've never seen that before either, And actually. it was almost like, look, I believe... Kind of weird. I believe what happened was, going into the Eagles 49ers game, the league wanted... The rookie quarterback in the Super Bowl story. I think so. And they, the league office in New York, was furious when San Francisco didn't challenge that dropped pass by Devontae Smith. That is a catch. It was a catch, but it really wasn't, and they didn't challenge it. I feel like the New York office was furious. The next 20 minutes, every penalty was against the Eagles. They wanted to set us back, and it did not work because we knocked their quarterback out on their first series. So we beat them up. It was an old-fashioned 1950s style football game. We literally correct. just beat them up. Now the when field, that man, backfired, it's simple. And the Eagles went on to route that game. Right. Once they knew it was the Eagles, I believe the directives. Because by the way, that's a crooked. The what the main ref there in that in that Chiefs Bengals game. He's it's always some kind of crooked nonsense that I see him involved in when he's officiating. That guy, yeah, I know that and, guy. So I I just thought. It felt it to sm- me it smelled funny to you? like they got directives from the league office that said, you make sure it's the Chiefs. And, and by the way, there's no drama. There's no two weeks of talking about, what do you talk about? Hurts and Burrow, that's it. There's no Eagles, Bengals drama or storylines. None of that. The league wanted yeah. Eagles, Andy Reid. Well, it makes sense. They wanted I mean, that. Sirianni and, and, was fired by Reid 10 years right. ago. And it leads to a bunch of firsts. It leads to the first time brothers will face off. It does. It, 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 it's the first time two starting black quarterbacks will yeah, face that's, off. Yeah, that's wild to say, man. And wow. I don't remember. I don't know if it's a first, but I don't remember the last time one and two, the MVP candidates faced off yeah, I mean, in a it's, Super Bowl. It's what it should be. It's clearly it the Chiefs are the best team of this it era went, in the AFC. That's what I said when it ended. I was like, look, I think the Bengals got jobbed. But what more can you ask for in any sport where it comes down to the championship game between the two best teams in the sport? Tech, and if, that's if what the I Eagles, felt like. If the Eagles pull this off and beat Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, this particular Eagles team will not only go down as the greatest Eagles team ever, it'll go down as one of the top 10 greatest NFL teams ever in a given season I think on their it, level of dominance. I think, to be honest— To beat Mahomes and Brady and within five years in the Super Bowl. Right. I, I think it's crazy to say this, but you're absolutely right. And I automatically, right now— would kind of put this Eagles team amongst the greatest the Eagles greatest, teams of all time. Well, if not, not only the greatest, greatest Eagles teams, but the greatest NFL teams, period. Well, you know why nationally that won't that won't catch on? Because the narrative outside of Philadelphia is that the Eagles had the easiest path to the Super Bowl. Which doesn't make any sense because the truth is versus winning teams, they had the they're tied for the best winning percentage, nine and one versus winning teams. Right. Along with the two thousand seven Patriots, who were undefeated, 
and the 1969 Purple People Eater Vikings. <laughs> They're the only other teams that were 9-1 and one in a single NFL season in 100 years against wow. winning teams. And then guess who else? This year's Eagles. You know, in 100 years of football, wow. no team has ran for more touchdowns. This yeah, is, but including and they're they're saying including the regular season and the postseason. So people, oh, extra game doesn't matter because the Eagles played the same amount of games as a regular NFL season. If they would have played a wild card playoff game, when you think right. about it, yeah, that's so true. it's the same thing. I don't want to hear that. This team has set records all year on both sides of the ball, and as fans, they've earned our, they've earned the right for us to just basically say, hey, forget the analytics on this. They have proven to us that they can win in this league and dominate. So when you can dominate, you can re- you can beat the good teams in close games. The great teams are close games when you can dominate the good teams. And what what I've noticed that's really been most impressive about this particular Eagles team, it isn't just the talent up and down the roster. It's the different ways all season long that they found they were able to win. Right. Like what are the Chiefs going to if the Chiefs take something away, what are they taking away and then how do we counter that? There's nothing they can do. Spagnola was well, not Mahomes is I'm talking about the Chiefs' defense. Defensively, right. defensively, they got they, they got really one guy. But you you mentioned Frank Clark before we came on. Two guys. They got two yeah, guys. Yeah, and Spagnolo is not. He's not like a Jim Johnson. Sure, has he? Does he have history with the Eagles? Yes. Does he know how to blitz? Sure. But Jalen Hurts with those wide receivers on those Pac-10 cornerbacks that the Chiefs have. Yeah, singled up. If you double AJ or you double Devontae in Dallas, the middle of the field, or the scramble is open for Jalen. If you don't want to double them and you want to spy Jalen, fine, go ahead. Then probably running running back's going to be open all the time too. Yeah, or Goddard's going to be. There's open. no way to there's no way to defend the Eagles because we do everything well. Okay. And they don't have the personnel. The, the Niners were the closest to have the personnel to do it. The Chiefs' personnel is half of what the Niners' just, personnel the is. The only thing that concerns me is about the offense was how horrendous the play calling was in the 49ers game for two plus quarters of baffling play calls. It wasn't that good. I, I was sitting there like they waited until the NFC Championship game to have some of the worst play calling I've seen you all year. You know what, year. though? Maybe it was like Honestly, quiet confidence knowing that they could just be kind of vanilla and do whatever they really it wanted to do. It wasn't great execution, though, no, it wasn't. on the You're field. You're right. It wasn't. It wasn't. But, you know, that's that's a lot of credit to how fast and disruptive the Niners' defense is. I mean, those guys are in a league of their own. It's really Eagles and Niners this year defensively, and then everybody yeah, else. you're right it. about that. And that's the truth. Like, not just the uh, statistics, but the eye test. When you just watch yes. the game and the speed of the defense. Their defense really was able to disrupt. But you know what the difference was? Jalen Hurts just doesn't turn the ball over, man. No, he doesn't. You have a quarterback that protects the ball, and then you simultaneously run for 200 yards almost, or whatever it was, in the playoffs, that's a winning recipe. Absolutely. Always, and then when you're obviously basically just bullying quarterbacks, I mean, look, we, have, look, we could right. go in there and bully Patrick Mahomes, bro. We could do it. We could, right? But here's the thing about Mahomes is he throws the ball away, and it's caught. His right. throwaways right. are receptions. He's going to make plays. That's why I'm saying 34-27, because by I the think way, they're going to score points. We nullified Kelsey for almost three quarters of that game yeah. until he finally was making catches. They, yeah, we, we did a good job. I don't them. think that will happen with Travis Kelsey, because Kelsey is phenomenal. We didn't he's, have C.J. Gardner-Johnson, He's the closest though. thing to Gronk. Yeah, but you, you, bra- you bracket him with Gardner-Johnson. Gardner-Johnson is a really, really good safety, man. He's a very, yeah. very... Good, like borderline all pro at his position, and right. we're bracketing him with as good as Kaiser and TJ have been all year. I think that they can do enough to just make sure that that first quick option to Kelsey is not there. Just yeah. make sure the first quick option isn't there, and simultaneously get Mahomes off his spot because he's yeah. going to look right to Kelsey, and that split second with that ankle could be the difference in a game like that, man. Every millisecond matters yeah. because these guys are going to be fresh going top speed and we rotate 8 to 10 starter quality linemen, whereas the offensive line for the Chiefs are going to be out there all night long. Yes. I really see an advantage here as a betting man. This isn't even my fandom that I bleed green. Yeah, we know that. We know who I am. We know who you are. We know we're birds, guys. Objectively, as a betting man, oh, while yeah. looking at this, these guys, we could go in there and literally beat them up. Right, and that could. I mean, this came again. I'm going to say it again because I have to. Tech, it could be over at the half, and if it is, you know, I'm running this clip back on Twitter. Absolutely, yeah, I know that. Goodness uh, gracious! I was listening to uh, to Cameron Richie the other day, and they they brought something up, and this is probably a good omen because then I went back and looked it up, and it's 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 true. Um, the 
lineup of best players in the Super Bowl uh, is it's just like 2017. Yeah. In, in, in Super Bowl 52, the 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 list of who were the best players playing in the Super Bowl. Number one was Brady. Number two was Gronk. And then after that, it was all Eagles yeah. with a smattering of Patriots. So you got Mahomes, Kelsey, Mahomes, everybody Kelsey, else. Kelsey, and then it's all Eagles. And it really, and should, be, but it really should be Mahomes, Hurts, Kelsey, to be honest, is what, I, I get what it. it should be, realistically speaking. Her, the disrespect but, that Hurts is still getting, I just can't wait for this, how sweet it's going to be for this kid to, to oh, yeah. hoist that trophy, man, because he has seen so much unnecessary hate and disrespect. He he was a blue trip college college player. I mean, he was. This guy was a Heisman finalist. Like let's let's be he was let's tremendous. be realistic here about who we're talking about. <laughs> it just it drives me crazy and boggles know, my mind, I, man. I know when I when I hear guys like oh it's a Craig Carton and I hear these guys I'm oh like, that guy I'm like these are like the worst analysts I've ever. Oh, <laughs> these are just man. guys who are who it's hate horrible. just to hate. It's really just they hate <laughs> Philadelphia. It's really and like I'm a, objective. I'm objective. Yo, too, when Hurts doesn't look good, I say Hurts don't look good out there right now. He don't look like Michael Jordan. Right. But objectively <laughs> speaking, he had a better year protecting the ball than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Definitely. Well, Mahomes is a little more reckless in the way he... See... That's the difference in this that's game, the too, difference. bro. I'm Hertz, telling you, man. Hertz is a little more composed. He's looking at the line. He's seeing what he's seeing. He's checking down. He's he, he's he's changing plays. Mahomes is doing something similar. But in that moment, when people are rushing towards Mahomes, he gets reckless and gets to like, I still got to make a play. Yeah, right. Where Hertz will throw it away right. or, or take the sack. And, but not at 100% with that foot. He can't press off like he normally can to make cuts and make guys miss. It's just true. Right. So that's going to be the difference when they can gang tackle him. They got to go after that ankle early. They got to test that ankle. They got to really they they go I'll for be, it. This is kind of like unethical, but I, honestly, man, you know, if this was like Buddy Ryan's teams back in the oh, day. Oh yeah, you'd knock him right out of the They're going low. <laughs> got a bounty They're him. going low early. Yeah, of course. And that guy's just going to get ejected and, and Buddy would have been fine with that ejection. Right. Because the, now your star quarterback's out the game. And this is the Super Bowl. It's, you know, even if we don't touch that ankle, there's a chance where he has to leave, man. Listen, a high ankle sprain, doctors, I've heard doctors talk about it on the radio this week because it's been talked about a lot in yeah, Kansas to City. Death. In yeah. Kansas City especially. They're very concerned out there. Yeah. Okay? Because the doctors will say that sometimes a high ankle sprain, depending on the grade, obviously, can, can be worse than a break in terms of it's time to heal. Right. So that could be a six to eight week injury. So obviously we know that five or so days ago, whatever it is, he played on it. And by the end of the game, at that point, he effectively set himself back to day one of recovery because you re-injure whatever had healed for them five days. It's re-injured. So now you're at day one two weeks ago. It's 14 days. A lot of doctors will tell you like, yo, that thing really shouldn't be ran on for six weeks. Yes. let, Let alone playing at a high level after two, I think that's honestly the difference in this game. And I hate that it comes down to something like that, Tech. Yeah. But you got to call it like you see it. Absolutely. And if this was 100% Mahomes, I probably would pick the Chiefs to win. Me too. Being honest with you, I, would I probably too. would pick the Being Chiefs to objective, win. Being objective, if Mahomes but was 100%. But it's not 100%. The high ankle sprain is serious it's, injury, man. It's not just, serious it's not just Mahomes. The, the Eagles' entire starting lineup is healthy. 22 so, so of 22, bro. That's good news. That's unheard of in the NFL, man. Right. That's unheard of. The Chiefs, on the other hand... Uh, aren't uh, Mahomes? We just talked about with the ankle. McCall uh, Hardman is out. Juju is hurt. Hardman's their fastest guy. Juju is hurt, and if if the game was this week, he'd be out. But he's probably gonna play. Yeah, you know what though? They're they're gonna have trouble completing passes, man. I think they're gonna have to do a lot of misdirection and runs with this Pacheco kid. They're gonna do a lot. He's of, good. He's quick, explosive. Yeah, quick play action draws. They're gonna have to be ready for the quick like shotgun play action, but like. A draw that they actually do hand off. They almost like it's a delayed handoff in the shotgun. Yeah. That kind of stuff to Pacheco is dangerous. Although he's not a big back. Running in between them tackles when they have Joseph and Sue in there and Davis in there, they're not going to be able to do that. It's really going to be on the, the linebackers to make sure they're uh, identifying yeah. quickly whether this is a misdirection to the edge or is Mahomes looking at Kelsey because that could be a huge difference And if Mahomes is, is really moving the ball. Tony, he's another one. He's hurt. If if the game was this week, he'd be out, but he's probably going to play. He's a nobody. He's a nobody. I'm not worried about Kadarius Tony. He's come on. I get it. Yeah, but you know what? Maddox is back. Our, our secondary is solid. Yeah. Epps has actually improved his play a little bit. And C.J. Gardner-Johnson is a heat-seeking missile, man. This he kid is. is a special player. He's a special player. Injuries are a factor for the Chiefs. Um, look, if the Eagles win this game, 
you can bet everything that you own that the big excuse for this game is going to be, well, the Eagles had the simplest path and the Chiefs weren't healthy. Right. That you, you, I, mean, I don't, you know don't want to hear it because they've set records and they dominated the entire league all year. Yes, they wire, did. Wire to wire. So they can, people that say that shit can kick rocks, honestly. Howie Roseman was named NFL Executive of the Year. I mean, I mean of course. Look I mean, at the offseason he had. How could it be agency. anyone else? I mean, you, you cannot do better than he did. He addressed almost every team need. Right. Now, I say that to say this, though. I think the credit for why this team is where it is today, um, the credit should go to... The man, the principal factor in all of this, Jeffrey Lurie, he's the reason why every time a big-name player is is in the trade rumors yep, or in free right. agency and the Eagles are in that mix of in, in conversation, in conversation. It's, it's this owner in he my cares. lifetime. He wants to win. In our lifetime. Yes. The greatest owner in Philadelphia sports history is Jeffrey Lurie. Bar none. Completely Nobody agree. Completely is more agree. committed to winning, com- more committed to excellence, year in, year out, even in transitional years. This guy, he spends the most, he cares the most. Yeah. I don't know anyone else in my lifetime. I know I know everybody loves David Montgomery, but David Montgomery went years, never went over the luxury tax, didn't want to spend. Anytime there was big name players on the move, the Philly weren't necessarily in that mix, right. and and he wasn't all, always committed to winning. Not at the same rate that Jeffrey Lurie is he, every he's year. Twenty years plus now, we're the class of the NFL for a large. That's that's part correct. Of the, it's just the truth. Between it's between us and a few franchises that they're all obvious. The, the New Englands and Pittsburgh and teams of that nature, Green Bay, teams that are always in the conversation, usually in championship talk, have Super Bowl appearances and championships to show for it, right. and really have won at a clip higher than most teams. And the yeah. birds are in that conversation since he took over. I mean, that's absolutely because right. Because he does he what's is, ne- necessary. He's the best. I mean, and, and and I don't think us as a fan base, as a city— Really, over these last 20 years, and I, I guess you have to let that marinate and manifest into a Super Bowl title in, in 2017. But over these years, and I know I've heard people give him credit before and say thanks, Jeffrey Lloyd, but you, people really have to understand how great of an owner this is. This yeah, is like I mean, he cares. He, he, I mean, he knows the fans want to win, and he knows what needs to be done to win. Right, and if there's any question, just look at the other teams. Look at the Flyers. Look at look at the ownership of the Flyers yeah, and how horrendous. how unbelievably horrific that no it is. No continuity. Negligent. No, it's negligent. Completely negligent. Yeah, I mean, and 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 look at the Sixers. Now, look, the Sixers are there. They make the playoffs. Yeah, but they're around like a business. It's different. Right. Those owners. Eagles are around like a family. Abs. Yes, the Eagles want to win. And they'll put it all on the line. It's not, and obviously people credit Howie. Look at what Howie did. Yeah, well, you know who believed in Howie when everybody wanted him fired, including me? Yeah. Wanted him gone? Jeffrey Lurie. That's right. Jeffrey Lurie doubled down on him when everybody was like, get this guy out of here. He doubled down he on him. In him. And and yeah. and he let Howie admit his mistakes and failures and correct them. And that's the thing. That's the reason why five years later, with this tumultuous five years from from us winning a Super Bowl to us go, being back in the Super Bowl, look at these years, okay? Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz, these a failed thing happened. A lot of it. Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah, Wentz, for sure. They made a big it mistake. It was necessary, with though. It was necessary to happen. It had to happen that way. Right. It's so funny how that works. And Jeffrey Lurie, when everybody, he let Doug go because Doug came and said, listen, uh, I want my same coordinators. I want my guys. And and Jeffrey was like, well, look, I, we love you here, Doug. What you did was great. But right. we want to change these guys. Yeah. If you want these guys, I got to let you go. And he, the city was not. In favor of that. It was, it was an a unpopular very controversial move. decision. Jeffrey Lurie made multiple unpopular decisions and had everybody questioning him. And and look what happened. They draft Jalen Hurts. They they make all these different moves. They bring in Nick Sirianni, whose opening press conference is hilarious. It's almost like a stand-up. Isn't it ironic? It's it was a two, years, two years from the day of the NFC Championship. Right. So Remarkable. You look at this, this turnaround, and it's not by accident. It's because you have the best 
owner in Philadelphia sports and a, an incredible GM that is empowered by this owner. By far. Fully empowered. You nailed like, it. You didn't even hear Jeff, a peep from, from, from Jeffrey Lurie this year. He stepped back and said, listen, Howie, I, you're going to run this. Exactly. And and look what happened. They're right back. They made the right moves, and these guys are playing hard. They're playing like a team. It, it isn't, you know, I, I get tired of hearing people in the national media, and what's up with... Guys like Jordan Love, active young players talking about how, oh, anybody could coach this team. Oh, yeah, it's uh, look how, of course they could win. This isn't Nick Sirianni. Oh, the Giants guy? Yeah, just dismissing Nick Sirianni where he doesn't uh, he's understand. He's nonsensical, that guy. He doesn't understand that the reason it's working, and there's been plenty of teams that have been really talented that couldn't win at all. You know why? Because they didn't have the right leader. They didn't have the right, right guy to make them play together. Yes. And the team chemistry wasn't there because the leader wasn't creating that environment. Sirianni. Nick Sirianni creates the family environment, yes. and they buy into it. He and brings to the table exactly. in, in a weird way as a coach what Jalen Hurts brings to the team as a quarterback. You know what Sirianni brings to the table? You know how you have like certain things about your dad that you love and certain things about your dad that you hate? The quality he has, it's like something about your dad you would love. Is that He's the kind of dad that at any point in time, if you were like, yo, dad, you want to go like shoot hoops in the bedroom real quick? He's the type of dad to be like, yeah, let's go. Let's man. go. Let's, let's do it. Let's... Absolutely. And that translates to being able to get get this team to, to feel truly connected to one another to play at this this level that they're playing at. Yeah. They, they play for each other. That's but, what he always says. But he means it. That's their, this, that's their message. This coach and quarterback cannot... You, you, we cannot take this for granted that, that Monday is the day off, okay? Traditionally, around the league for decades. For decades. Monday is the day off. Especially after a win. Right. Sunday night, when everybody's leaving the facility, the quarterback, this quarterback, turns to this coach and says, we got to get back in here 9 a.m. and watch, start watching go. tape. Like, yeah. we, need watch, we need to watch film. We need to, we need to start mapping out well, what, what are we, we going to do. do here. And the coach is like, well, you know, tomorrow's our off day. And he goes, well, we Not need to me. get back in. That's why Jalen Hurts is going to hoist the Lombardi Trophy. Uh, right. And I can't wait for the for that Monday morning, Tech. Oh, it's going to be now, the most the, glorious the, now, Monday morning. The, the, there is a big challenge here. The big challenge course, is I believe Andy Reid is the best coach in the NFL. Absolutely. At this so, point, right <laughs> now, right now, probably. So that is but, the big challenge but, here. But he has a very unique pension that many of the greatest coaches in history don't have. And that unique pension is that he has not succeeded in championship games more than he has no, succeeded in championship games. No, but he always succeeds games. against the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> okay, fair. But there's never been a game of this magnitude that he's had to try to do so with an overly matched roster. This and is true. if the usual Reed bugaboos maybe pop up, like the clock management, and maybe just those bouts of way too many passing plays when he should probably be calling a few runs to help out Mahomes' ankle, yeah. things like that, thinking that he really does have Superman when, you know, Superman's a little hobbled right now, yeah. and then you can't run the ball because we're really stout up front, and then Jalen Hurts is really moving the ball at will because your corners can't stop our wideouts that are all world wideouts. This true. is the type of recipe that could you could see unfold in front of you, which is why I'll say it again. It's a game that could be over at the half. It could very well be 21-3. I wouldn't be surprised. Now, they can't make mistakes. Can't, they can't turn that's the, the ball key. Well, over. we know that. It goes without saying. Right. You lose the game, you make one turn. You turn the ball over once, you give Mahomes one more possession, you lose the game probably. Exactly. Because I think it's a seven-point birds win, and that seven points is predicated on no turnovers. Yes. They can't turn the ball over. All bets over. are off, you turn the ball over. And, and you know, we're going to need the offense and the play you calling. You have to force one turnover to win, too. You, can't uh, that, turn, you have to go plus one. That would be fantastic. Well, Mahomes threw double the interceptions that uh, Hurts threw. And I'll guess, guess what. Our secondary is the best secondary in football this year, Tech. Well, outside of those interceptions, the Chiefs don't put the ball on the ground a whole lot. No, they don't. So, I mean, you're going to have to bank on putting him in situations where you can get a pick off. When you know that you're probably going to be able to keep everything in front of you against Kansas City, that's rare. And they're in that position. There's not much that's really going to threaten getting behind somebody without Hardman on the field. Normally, if Hardman was on the field, you would have Hardman and they still do use Valdez Scantling in that manner. Now, he's fast. You just have Valdez Scantling. So now you can, in my opinion, I want Bradbury on him. 
I want I think Bradbury is a better matchup for Valdez Scantling than Slay. Even though Bradbury gets beat time to time, he does. But I like Slay on the veteran Juju because he'll completely remove him from the game. And then Avante, Even he's going to be hobbled. Avante is going to be partially on Kelsey and partially partially on the slot receivers like Sky Moore, this young kid they have, could be a sleeper that they try to hit. Oh deep. yes, they could try to hit they this more kid. He deep. wasn't bad. Yeah. So, but Epps, that's going to be on Epps because he's. Moore is always going to be lined up in a slot position, probably. So it's going to be on Epps to identify that most of the time because Gardner Johnson is going to be occupied with spying Kelsey. I'm sure. Most By of the, the time. way, this this could be the last game we see a number of guys, but Darius Slay. Well, this might be the last time you see Darius Slay in an Eagles uniform. His contract expires. Yeah, he's a free agent, and. Yeah. Uh, I- to be honest, he wants to be in Philly bad. His girlfriend, his wife, rather loves Philly. She's always like, oh yeah, she's on Twitter, awesome. real active. I mean, they love it here. I hate to tell you this. Instead of giving him a big contract, you know, you're going to be paying Jalen Hurts a monster contract. You say just use the ten pick on a corner. I, I would, I would draft a cornerback. Yeah. yeah, number ten. I mean, I, I would draft a cornerback well, I, anyway. I would, now, what I would do this is what I would do is personally, I would, I would trade a ten and the thirty-one that we're probably going to have. And uh, I would just move into the top three if you can. Yeah, because you got listen. I would trade ten and thirty one to someone in top three. You're going to need a couple things this draft. You're going to need to effectively because I don't I don't know if Jordan Davis is the answer. You're you're going to need to go a D line again, and you need corner. And uh, listen, you may or may not need safety because Reed Blankenship might have changed their minds. I actually he's a player. I actually think he. Is starting next year. I know last week with uh, uh, DeCheco, he he said that he doesn't see that. I do see. I see it too. I think he looks like a starter to me. Yeah, he he's going to be a starter. Plays the game very fast. Plus, he's got a high football IQ. He saves the money. And that's the yeah, key that yeah. they're going to need they next need season. Because you do need to make sure that your corners are still strong. I, I hope they do bring Slade back, but I think you're right. I think it yeah. may be the last time we see him. Unless and, and, he comes back on a team-friendly one-year deal and win another one. Say they win it, and he's like, yo, let's, let's try to run it back, guys. And they have a team meeting. Like, well, guess what? We know we got some weird situations, but if you guys can agree to we just want to run it back and do you, some one-year deals. You may want to do that with Fletcher Cox. You may want to do that nah, with Fletch Brandon Graham. Fletch is gone. Fletch is gone. Fletch is gone, correct? Fletch, that's yeah, what Fletch. I think. So is BG. I think BG could they're be both, gone, too. Gone. BG yeah. has already said this is his, this is his last he game as an Eagle. That. Yeah, he kind of hinted at that. So I, I get that. Yeah. You know, because And he wouldn't have said that outright the way he did if he wasn't given some indication by the front yeah, office he, that this he, is it. The writing might be on the wall internally, uh, but you know the bottom line is... You're going to need to replace these two guys. Yeah, you got the, to, Here's the key for me in the offseason. You have to sign Gardner Johnson and you have to sign Kaiser White. I think those two are key for anchoring the defense. And I think Bradbury. I think you need to sign Bradbury. Well, if it's, it's either Bradbury or White then because Bradbury is going to get top dollar now. Bradbury is definitely going to get top dollar. He's going to get top both corner your starting money. corners and try to no. run something back. No, you got to bring back one you of those You have to have corners. one of them come back because you can kind of try to replace if you hit on that draft I like Kazir White, but I, I actually do think that N'Kobe Dean could be could be up. Yeah, you can just let him step in, let White walk. Pay you got to pay Gardner Johnson. He's your top yeah. priority. See, you're he right. should be your top priority. Gardner Johnson is the top priority. Because he anchors, defense. he anchors that secondary in a yes. way that is necessary, so that an average cornerback could step in for Slay, and the secondary could still be effective. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not going to say they got lucky, but they got lucky that that guys like Linvale Joseph and Indomik and Sue were available when they were, and they were able to bring them in, and they've been impactful. Big time. It, it, yeah, especially... Just keeping guys fresh. Look what Sue did uh, against the Niners. He knocked Josh Johnson out. Wonderful. So, I mean, you know, uh, by the way, Josh Johnson, a guy who's, like, been on 35 teams. I mean, what, what a... <laughs> isn't that crazy the Niners were on their fourth quarterback? It was. And by the way, that's their big excuse. You hear the San Francisco media... And they say the most outlandish things I've ever heard. By the way, they called the Philadelphia fan base uh, fake gangsters and all. That was some nonsensical stuff. Don't touch stuff. the Rocky statue and these things won't happen. It, don't they learn that? You Nobody would think that learn. they would learn not to come here and think that you got us. You I tried don't. to explain to these people online this week randomly. It's so, it's so stupid dealing with idiots like that. So unworthy. Oh, yeah. But I tried to explain that healthy, reserve, on the roster, not on the roster. They don't have a quarterback that was scoring 32 in that field. No. And they were like, "Well, doesn't matter. Well, you uh, might have scored twenty one. Uh, we couldn't. We couldn't throw. Yeah, why couldn't you throw? Why? Address why. Don't say well, because your offensive line throw. got beat, destroyed. Exactly. And, and what wins football games? The trenches. So you lose a football the, game because you lost in the trenches. Okay. The defensive mindset since the invention of football, as we know it. Right. The defensive motive 
is to disrupt the quarterback. Get to the quarterback. Knock him Knock out. Knock him out the game. This That's is the football. Key. This is the first tenant. If you listed the ten commandments of defensive football, number one, number one, <laughs> disrupt the quarterback. Get to the quarterback. Hurt the quarterback. So if we Knock him out. hurt your quarterback in a legal manner, nonetheless, it was they were not illegal hits. They were perfectly legal football hits. Perfect. And you lose. Maybe you should think about addressing your offensive line situation. Maybe oh, your yeah. offensive line isn't up to the test of playing champ. Oh, yeah. football on the road against the defense that they are clearly overmatched against. Oh, yeah. And Purdy, by the way, I get it. They're like, well, he was four for four before he went out. Yeah. Who, for 22 it, yards. It wouldn't awesome. have stayed that awesome. way. Awesome. For 22 yards. Yeah. Great job, Einstein. The it's ridiculous. The stage was a little big for this guy. They, there's no, they weren't scoring that game, winning that game 32-31. These people were delusional. They're they were lucky delusional. to be in the NFC title game given the circumstances they had. I agree. And, and, and talk about an easy path. The 49ers beat no one on the way to playing the Eagles in the NFC what Championship. No, nah, what a joke. <laughs> the Cowboys. Yeah. Okay, well, that's sco- it. Who scored twelve points? Yeah, exactly. get out of here. Yeah, what a joke. It, a complete joke. Thirty-four um, twenty-seven. Sack. The birds are hoisting their second Lombardi Trophy. Jalen Hurts is going to get the due credit he finally deserves, and that's my story, and that's what it's going to be. That's that's what it's going to be. All right. So with that said, let's enter the center. Enter the center. With Tech and Prem. The Vet Alumni. The Sixers Prem. They've won eight of their last nine, but losing to the Magic the other night was critical in dropping them back down to the third seed. They're a really good team, Prem. And then they bounced back and beat the Magic. They did. All right, they did. Know, They're a really good team. Yeah, uh, they're really good. They are. But they are. I struggle to believe that they're good enough. I do too. I think they might be good enough to to push the second round to the brink of the ever so hallowed ground of the conference finals that they yes. can't really seem to get to. They can't get there. Since Allen Iverson was here. Now look, I said <laughs> I said they're good, but they're not good enough, right? Since now, AI, bro. I, listen, I get it. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I also said the Phillies were good, but not good enough. Well, so I, I, I thought they were a little better than you thought, but I didn't think World Series. I mean, no, and and they ended up in the World Series. I was wrong phenomenal. about the Phillies Character throughout team. the year. Character team. Yes, they they got hot and started to really believe in themselves once they got to the playoffs. They so they kind of meandered their way in and then once they got there it was like a different team so are you saying that this Sixers team could do that type of thing I don't believe it I I, now look I I want to be wrong again like I was about the Phillies interesting to me that you say that but I I I don't I don't know I don't I don't think I believe it because I don't think they're deep enough they're not deep enough and and one of the biggest problems is like okay take the Orlando loss right they they win games and then they come in against at home, by the way, and they and they just they're not playing. There was they, no, they there don't was no care. Spark. There's no effort. There was no electricity. Yeah, right. It was just kind of ho hum. We're and, here. It's kind of like a practice for us. You know, we can drop this one. And whatever. I think guys that. And by the way, James Harden's having a great year. Right? He is. He, he does I, look like the young James Harden more I, so than the old James. Harden. I think when it's an effort question and and whether they care or not, I think he sets a tone of like if there's poor effort, if there's no energy, if there's just lack of care. Right. I think he sets. He t- at least he takes part in setting that tone and. I think MB does too, to be honest. MB's lackadaisical. Sometimes he doesn't want to live in the post where he should. He'll just settle for jumpers right. and brick them. And Maxi, he'll make a three and think he's on top of the world. Then he'll brick the next three threes he takes. Yeah, you know they're they're very they're still streaky because they're they're just young at key positions still too, like especially bench positions. Right, Maxi is good enough to fool me for a couple games where he's he got is. these like all star like performances. But then it's the same thing. I said, listen, people can say what they want. I don't want Ben Simmons on this team. I I, I 
I totally dislike Ben Simmons. He's he's a me guy. He's not a team guy. But here's the thing about Ben Simmons, right? He is good enough consistently at one thing until until right. he took the year off. He'll never be an all star again, I don't think. Ben Simmons but, is but what just, he what a story. But he was until he took that year off, he was consistent enough at a couple different things to be an NBA all star. He was because he was almost a triple double guy, ten, ten, ten. Right. For pretty much close to 10 with the points. People are focusing too much on Joel Embiid being snubbed as an all-star. Is he an all-star? Well, That's all that matters. Course, Who cares whether he's a starter or not? Right, this is, right, this is right. a shooter's league, not a big it, it, man's yeah, league. It's goofy to me. I mean, we so, all know, football, or, I'm sorry, basketball people know that Joel Embiid is a generational talent. He is. They know that at his position, it is very rare in basketball history to have a big man like that that can post up play rough down in the, in the paint basketball, but then also just come down the floor like a point guard if he wants and pop a three. Yes. Not now, many. Not many. The enigma of Joel Embiid is that he's also a turnover machine, and he does it at the wrong moments. Now, yeah, Grant, true. he has turned the ball over in critical moments of games that they have still won, and mainly because of him. He put up 42 points. He put up 38 points. These type of numbers, Absolutely. 50 points. Right. He puts up these numbers, but in critical moments down the stretch of a game, when it got close, he threw the ball away. He tried to do some kind of fancy dribble and lost his handle. Yeah. He like he is a turnover machine in critical moments. People don't want to hear this. I say this on Twitter, and I get backlash. Guys like uh, my, my boy Charlie, and, and guys like I, it's not just him. I get people that go, oh, well, he he's the reason they won the game. Well, that may be the case, right. but in critical moments in the playoffs, if he does this, that that could be you can't do that against the Celtics and, no, and expect to win a game. The Celtics are going to represent the East in the conference finals. Or I'm sorry, on the conference finals and the NBA finals, rather. Absolutely, so I think that you know it's unfortunately a moot point. I do think that the Sixers are better than I thought they would be at this point in the season. Yeah, I and yes, they've I'm exceeded impressed. expectations. Yeah, I'm impressed with this 20 and four run or whatever it was at one point. It's very impressive. You know, but they also have finished the season before with 20 straight wins and then lost in the second round. That's exactly right. And that team might even have been a little better than this team. Now, the trade deadline is next week, so we'll know on our show next Friday uh, what deals happened, if any. I mean, Matisse could be headed to Sacramento. Uh, Niang, believe it or not, could be moved. I think that's a, a, a huge mistake, even though he plays no defense and could be a liability in the playoffs. That is, that's a fact, but. He makes such yeah. big shots in big moments that you can't. He he's kind of a guy in your second unit that you need. He's a corner three guy that is nice to have because he does seem to hit them at the right moments. He does. He also kind of looks just like a a, a loafing bench guy. Out he does. There he looks like a time. fat loafer. He he's does. out there. He's just kind of the. I don't know what he's doing out there. He's, I don't know. <laughs> it's just like guy. These guys just float around on the court. He he is. He's hovering above. It's, it's <laughs> the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. Um, I do think it would be a mistake to move him, though, for th- this particular team. Okay, yeah, probably. I have a feeling that they're trying to put a deal together, though, uh, for Phoenix to, to to acquire Jay Crowder. because Well, that would be an upgrade. I like Montrez. I think he's a good backup, but he also sometimes is a liability. He'll he'll have these phenomenal moments where I'm yeah. like, yo, this guy's tremendous. They should play him more. Yeah. And then he'll remind me why he was still available to sign so close to the beginning of the Exa- season. Exactly. I mean, there's a reason why these guys were there to be had <laughs> at the price they were had. Right. Exactly. And it usually is reflected in the level of play and results you're getting. Yes. Uh, I like Melton. The thing about Melton and Maxi though, is that they'll have... A, a, a string of good games where it's like they look really good. Yeah, they do. And Especially Melton. Some of them stat lines from Melton. I look at I look at the stat line and I'm like, wow. Yeah, I didn't realize this Melton's kid was good, so productive. That's why, to be honest, I prefer Melton as a starter and Maxi. Maxi as part of the second unit. I don't know if I, I don't know if I would do it that way. But Maxi as a six man makes this yeah, team he, better. He, he kind of does because you're getting you more balanced. Sec- you need balanced that production. second unit. Yes. Yeah, you're getting balanced production. I, I agree with that. And come playoff time, that would be a wiser way to do it, especially because the level of play is elevated. Even though I watch these games, and I, I know I'm nitpicking, right? Because they're still winning these games. I nitpick, though. And what I'm seeing is, 
And for as fast as Maxi is, they have these fast break opportunities. Yeah. He's already down there. They throw a football pass to him. And he runs to the basket and throws up a layup and gets blocked. He gets blocked. I was going to say that. I can't stand it. Do you, you know, know what, how, you know how it crazy? Is? That drives me crazy. Because when a ball's in the air going that length that far in the court, the guys have time to catch up. Yeah, and I they're know. They're running full speed and you have to slow down and make but a layup. Maxi has like a full step on them right before he goes to lay it up. It's like a weird phenomenon. I feel like that's happened for years in basketball. It happens a lot I, in but basketball. I, it happens so much to Maxi, especially in this last stretch of games, even the ones they've won, which are majority think, of I them. I think the six-man approach with Maxi would actually be very wise come playoff time. Me too, because I, I, I actually like Melton as a starter. Yeah, throw Melton in there, and then you're right. The second unit's coming in, but you can still let a guy like Toby hang for a little bit or yeah. another starter hang for yeah, a little the, bit. Yeah, the problem with, with Doc... And his rotations annoy me. Yeah, because he he takes out all the starters, and I don't know. It's too pronounced, right? Like I'd have to go back and really rewatch because I watched that those back to back seasons from Golden State almost in its entirety. Every night it was like must see TV. Watching the Warriors, such a fine tuned football or basketball machine. I lived in LA. Me and my boy Miles, we would every game. It was like. Yeah, you coming through? Yeah, it was like yeah, an event yeah, to watch the Warriors. Yeah. We watched them. It was tremendous. That's at the height of the dynasty. Yes, and like I, I, I don't remember a time where Kerr had every starter off the court. I don't remember no, that. No, because, no. It first just didn't off, happen. they were too deep to do that. Why would you do that? When you're a coach, you should think to yourself strategically, okay, I need balanced production throughout the game. I don't want to win the first quarter 40 to 30. Right. And then lose the second quarter 35 to 15. Yes. Because that's the type of thing that happens to the Like Orlando, they won against Orlando the other night, but they won the first quarter, lost the second quarter, lost the third quarter, and almost lost the fourth quarter and ended up winning the game. It makes a difference if you really dig a hole early. If you play an even game the rest of the way, you lose. For me, basketball is simple. If I was a coach, every quarter would be a game. The second quarter... Don't worry about the scoreboard. We're starting at zero here. My we have starters to win are on this the floor. Quarter. My starters are on the floor. Yes, we have to win this so, quarter, okay. and the starters I, I have like to be that. on the so floor. In, in your approach, then, the, and this is the way I would do it, every quarter, I like that. Your starters start every quarter regardless, right? Even if it's yeah. only for until the first uh, buzzer. Because you know? I get I get it. What, what you Doc can rotate does better that way. is the last couple minutes of the quarter... And B and Harden, he puts them both on the bench. Now, I'm okay with that for the last, let's say, two and a half minutes, which, by the way, in that two and a half minutes, a team could go on, a, on an 11-0 run. They could. <laughs> That's happened against Especially the Sixers so team, often. when you're playing a team like the Nets or the Celtics. You're up 16 points, and next thing you know, it's an 11-0 run because you took and beat and Harden out. Now it's a five-point lead it's, going it's, into it's the Nets half. It's Nets or Celtics, uh, in my opinion. I think the Bucks are a good basketball team, whatever, but the Bulls are okay basketball team, whatever, but the, the Nets or the Celtics are going to be in your way. They will be, and I, I think we, I think we can beat the Nets. That's the it. It's 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 the Bucks, and it's the Celtics, and 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 we could end up being the third seed. I the actually Hawks think are the Bucks are better. Around, right? the They're hanging around. The Nets will hang around. They'll be, you know. But really, and 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 that's the top five teams right there. You just named them. They're, yeah, that's it. It's Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, and Atlanta. Yeah. And after that, you know, you might see Miami go on a run. I don't know. Right, you, you got Miami out there. Yeah. Got teams of Cleveland's pretty good. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to. I knew I, no, I didn't mean Chicago, the Bulls. I meant Cleveland, the Cavaliers. Yeah, Cleveland. That's the team from the Central that's really looking Chicago at should be Their good. arrow is pointing up yeah, in Cleveland. I, for some reason, Chicago isn't good. They should be. That's, what I, that's why it was confusing to me because they really should be with Levine and that team. Right. I look at the West and I see Denver and I see uh, the Kings. I see... Teams that really shouldn't be at the top They're of the West. They're not that special basketball-wise. The Sixers are third, probably the third best team in basketball right yeah, now. Now, that win against Denver was the most impressive win I had seen. Yeah, that was phenomenal. In a couple Joel of years. Joel is a special guy, man. He really is. That was incredible. He's a special player. Anybody who thinks Jokic is better than Embiid, I mean, you got, you can't even live in this universe absurd. and think that. I know, absurd. Absolute absurdity. It is. Um, so, look, we'll know more. This time, next week, on our Friday show, we'll be really hyped because obviously we'll be 48 hours away from the biggest game in My. Philadelphia sports. Wow. And, and My goodness. you know, we'll, we'll also know, you know, what's going on with the Sixers. The, the trade deadline will have passed and we'll be able to talk about the moves they either did or didn't make. Yeah, maybe it'll package up and beat and harden and, and uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Restart everything. <laughs> 
I don't know if they're going to reset it just yeah, yet. Yeah, I know, what, I know. But, you know, Matisse could be gone. Corkmaz, uh, Niang, these are guys that they, they could be gone. Jaden Springer, guys could be gone. And and by the way, Maxi, if I can get a superstar, if I can get like a proven all-star, uh, Maxi's not untouchable either. Now, I don't know that that deal exists. I don't think so. I don't, not, think not, so. I don't think they're going to do it this go-around. I don't think they're going to do it this go-around either. They had their chance. They could have gotten Donovan Mitchell, and they should have gotten Donovan uh, Mitchell. Can you imagine? But the fact that they didn't do that, and they put all their stock into Tyrese Maxey, it was stupid. But look, I like Maxey. I think he's a really good player. I know what you mean, though. Donovan I don't know Mitchell that he's an is all-star. a generational player. Yeah, yeah, he's a perennial all-star, a guy that will always be a superstar player, and I don't know Dare that Tyrese Maxey will ever reach that. Donovan height. Mitchell will retire in the top 25 of NBA scorers. He could. I think he will. I don't know that, that Tyrese Maxey will ever really be a multi, multiple-time All-Star, let alone a superstar. Isn't it funny looking back when Donovan Mitchell was a rookie and Ben Simmons, the whole thing about the Rookie of the Year? Look how much better Donovan Mitchell really is yeah. than Ben Simmons. Oh, it's not even close. It's, it's not wild. even close, even though if Ben didn't take that year off, he would be a perennial all-star player. He does enough with his assists, his rebounding. He he just does enough on the floor. You know, he doesn't need to score. Everyone's always dunking on him for his scoring, but he's not a scorer. He doesn't need to be. He can put up 10, 11 points and have, and, and have 12 or 13 assists, 11 boards, and there you go, a triple-double machine. And by the way, Russell Westbrook is viewed as an all-star, and I don't know about this year, the last few years, but he was, and Russell Westbrook stinks. Russell he Westbrook, is is, he, you know what it is? He's LeBron's just not a winner. hate that guy. He's not a winner. How, like, I, I watched the Lakers-Celtics uh, the other night, and, and by the way, the Lakers got jobbed. It was a foul on LeBron That's why LeBron was second. losing his mind. He yeah. like a child. He you see him flailing around like a child. Right. He should have he been fouled. That Tatum fouled him blatantly, slapped his arm with, with a tenth of a second on the clock. It should have been called a foul. It wasn't. They, it ba- they basically gave Boston at home cooking to win the game. But it, Russell Westbrook is taking shots he has no business taking on the floor when when you share yeah, he's a, a loser yeah, he's with a loser. LeBron James. I completely agree. Westbrook is not a he's not a winning player. Not at he's all. A, he's a very good player and that's all he'll ever be and be remembered as. He doesn't he's have a, a very good, he, good player. He's never had a good three point percentage yet he, he jacks up threes in critical moments. He's a trip walking triple double. We'll give him that. He but. is like Simmons. And yeah. that's what I'm saying is if you're a walking triple double, you're considered a a, a superstar player and could be a perennial all star. And that's that was the difference. If people want to talk about Maxi. Maxi hasn't done anything to prove he's an all star nah. yet. Ben Simmons did. Now I don't want Ben Simmons on this team. I'm not trying to make a case for Ben versus Tyrese. I'm just no, saying that Ben Simmons was an all star. Tyrese Maxi not an all star. So I agree with you. We'll unfortunately, see what I, I was hoping I wouldn't agree with you on Maxi, but I do. I I didn't want to have to say it. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't uh, progress. Uh, to the manner I think we thought he would to this point. Exactly. I think yes. he's a tick behind where we I, thought he'd be. Yeah, because everybody's like, well, he keeps on getting better and better. I don't know that. He's gotten better, he's sure. Kind of, he's kind of plateaued a little bit. He's he's gotten better, but has he has he reached where you know what? I thought he would you know he reach? No. Tech, you know what will tell us in the playoffs if he has some transcendent moments and wins us some games in the playoffs and changes the narrative? You know right. what? I want to say, I want to be optimistic and say that Tyrese Maxey could show us in the second round what he's capable of that propels us to the conference finals. It could happen. It could happen. It really could because they're going to need him if they're going to get to the conference finals to have phenomenal playoff games. 20-plus pl- points almost every night if they're, they're going to win. If they're going to win. Period. That's the big question. Period. All right, we'll know more next week and uh, Super Bowl. Oh boy, it's gonna be madness. Well, we get to talk one more time before the game, so you know, yes, we got a lot more to discuss. We'll do a heavy breakdown next week of some of the X's and O's a little further. I kind of delved into it a little bit, yeah, but we'll be uh, a little more in depth next week. There it is. We'll see you next week. Vet alumni.